My pussy ran away like yours. Oh, so sad. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster and mechanized robots and robots in disguise movies. Uh, I am your host, Travis, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Michael. Michael, I have something to say. Me, Michael, me best co-host. <laughs> Michael. Ba weep grana weep ninny bong. Ba weep grana ninny bong to you too, sir. <laughs> and a ba weep grana weep ninny bong to our special guest this week, Elijah from the Kaiju Conversations podcast. Ba weep grana weep ninny bong. <laughs> oh man so uh do we even need to have elijah plug anything or explain who he is if people have listened to this podcast at all you are aware of who elijah is because he's been on here quite a bit him and uh him and, and uh nathan have a rivalry going on who can be on the most episodes of kaiju weekly and somehow me or michael are not involved in that uh, at all well I to be fair, Travis, I did let uh, Nathan Marchland do his shameless, shameless plugs last week. So it's only fair that we skip over Elijah entirely and go straight to the episode. Yeah, all right. So really all people need to know is that I'm an enigma. You're an enigma wrapped in a mystery. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, no, no, Elijah, go ahead. Go ahead. And, and tell everybody who you are, what you do, and uh, that way, if this is anybody's first episode of Kaiju Weekly, they can get to know you. Yeah, because uh, I do gotta say, it's very unprofessional of Michael to forget to let me plug myself multiple times during recordings. Travis, you're just a better host. I think I did it one time, too, though. No, it was all <laughs> Michael. It was all Michael, because... Uh, Michael spews out lies about me, so this is my my chance to I, get back at you. I, I don't know exactly what you're talking about, good sir. It is it is uh, it is it is factual knowledge. Uh, it is it is fact that you love Mechagodzilla 2021. If you mean love, you mean uh, despise its uh, creation. No, um, Michael. Then... His his favorite is Mechagodzilla City. <gasps> That's right. That's right. I forgot. Because uh, he loves because he loves cartoons so much. I take right. back my ninny bond. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in all seriousness, Elijah, plug yourself. Go ahead. Hi, I'm Elijah. I'm the host of Kaiju Conversation, a bi-weekly podcast that explores the wide world of Tokusatsu, not the wide world of kaiju like this lovely podcast does. Um, I also run a Discord server by the same name, Kaiju Conversation. I have three Twitters, uh, Kaiju Conversation, that's at K-A-I-J-U underscore C-O-N-B-E-R-S. Uh, my uh, YouTube channel, ET13 Productions, uh, at ET13 Productions. And my personal account, uh, at E, the letter E, as in Elephant Thomas, 1975. 
I have a YouTube channel, as I said, ET13 Productions, and uh, one for my podcast. I also have an Instagram page for my ET13 Productions channel uh, that mainly posts figure photography, and I have an Instagram for my podcast. I also write for this little magazine called Kaiju Ramen Magazine. It's pretty neat. It's full of Kaiju Ramen meats. We love <laughs> eating Kaiju Ramen Magazine. Uh, my favorite <laughs> discovery recently was when I was having a conversation with you, Elijah, and we were talking about movies and TV shows by this one creator, and we found out that there is a uh, ah. Japanese show called Neko Ramen, which means cat ramen or cat soup, which is translated. Pussy soup. Yes, which is translated into English as pussy soup. Uh, so wait, hang that, on. Do we do we wait? Hang on. Do we need to bleep that out because it's a kitty cat? I I know, but it's a kitty cat. My pussy's okay. up here on the desk with me right now. <laughs> 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 anyway, um, my pussy you... ran away like you're saying. <laughs> oh, so sad. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, uh, yeah, uh, Elijah has contributed to both issues of Kaiju Ramen so far and will contribute to the third issue that is coming out in July. Really looking forward to that piece that you're supposed to be working on uh, because it's going to be dealing with Daimajin and that's uh, a subject I'm really interested in because I don't know very much about Daimajin. So I'm really looking forward to reading that when you get done. So, yeah. And... I do a lot. Yeah. And speaking of Kaiju Ramen Magazine, the physical copies of Issue 2 have been released and are available on the website, kaijuramenmagazine.com. Um, we only have a limited number left. There's not very many. So if you are interested, if you are listening to this and you are interested in grabbing a physical copy of Issue 2, and I highly encourage you to do that because it is jam-packed full of kaiju goodness it is all godzilla and kong themed it is uh a, about a third larger about 30 percent larger than the first issue so the first issue was about 45 pages this 42 one is pages 42 pages and the, this one is 60 something 66 pages? yeah 66. so uh so there's a lot more content in there. It's a lot of fun, and there's a lot of great stuff in there from a lot of different uh, contributors. And, uh, yeah, the artwork is great. So if you want a printed copy, make sure to snag that while you can. And we do ship internationally. So if you are an international listener, I know Chris Degelman uh, from over in Germany is one of our listeners. And, and a few, we have some from Canada, from some from Australia. So if you want to grab a copy, please do that now before it is too late. Because we will not, we will not provide extras, no matter how much you beg. Believe me, <laughs> people have been begging for the first issue. And it's like, nope, and it limited run, you missed it, too late. Do this that. issue, this issue is jam packed. Everything from pussy soup to nuts, uh, and it's fantastic. <laughs> and it's also, such a cute little cartoon. I don't. Uh, want, 
I don't <laughs> want to drag that guy. Look, that is such a cute little cartoon. And in Japanese, it's completely innocent. It's Nekoramen. Could I write a little or a thing in the next issue of Kaiju Ramen titled Pussy Soup? What's so good about it? No. And it's just about it? No. Oh. No. No, no, no. Anyway, uh, so with what? that... Actually, I want to say, I, you, before I got screwed up, I do want to add one more thing. We are selling, if anyone who is familiar with issue two knows that this is hands down the best cover art that we have seen yet. Um, it was drawn by our good friend Christian Gonzalez, Sea Guns on Twitter. Uh, I can say hands down that this is uh, the better, the blah, 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 words are hard. This cover, our cover, is hands down better than G fans, uh, GVK issue because I have, uh, I have both, uh, and yeah, I may be a little bit biased, but our cover is better, and we are going to be selling prints uh, of this specific cover art on our website. So if you go to kaijuramanmagazine.com/shop, uh, uh, you'll see a listing there for a pre to pre-order the uh, 11 by 17 prints of this artwork so if you want that um please go over there and, and pre-order one and we'll uh give you updates as to when those will ship yeah yeah uh so with all of that out of the way uh we can hop into the news so let's do the beady beady uh so the first bit of news is tv nihon and a few other places that provided fan subs for shows like Common Rider and Super Sentai, ones that had not been released in the United States, have recently shut down because they have received cease and desist orders from Toei. And this is a huge blow to Common Rider fans, to Super Sentai fans here in the West, in English-speaking countries, because these shows have not been made available by Toei to a lot of us in any form. And so those fan subs were the reason a lot of us were able to watch these shows and enjoy these shows. I know me included because I, that's how I was watching a lot of common writer shows. Uh, so it is a huge blow, a big disappointment for a lot of fans. And, Somebody pointed out online that pirating, because this is that's essentially what they were doing was was pirating. It these shows was only an issue because there was no official releases. Most people, most fans, are willing to pay money to watch mm -hmm. these shows, but they are. they're not available, and Toei was not making them available in a form that they can, that people can watch. And so they took it upon themselves. And it's like, you know, I, somebody pointed out this on Twitter that taking the years and, and months and, and the amount of time and dedication to sit there and accurately translate a Japanese show with English subtitles is a is a labor of love that is not a labor of people who just trying to steal money from from and make a quick buck or or whatever or trying to steal money from a company this is a labor of love these are fans of the show who want to see these shows and 
I can completely understand why people are so frustrated at this news that Toei is now trying to crack down on that. I also shared on 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 the uh, Kaiju Weekly Twitter a kind of quote from uh Star Wars where Princess Leia says this, you know, the more you tighten your grip, the more uh, they will slip through your fingers. And it's like, it kind of feels that way with Toei. It's like, no matter how much a big company wants to shut down stuff that's happening on the internet, people will always slip through the cracks and find a way. So, you know, these, these fan subs will still exist in some form somewhere, but the biggest ones who were providing it uh, shut down because they got these cease and desist letters. Uh, now, I I'm, know. I'm, I'm, I'm curious what, and maybe Elijah can tell me this, what mm-hmm. does this affect? Like, does this, does this affect, uh, Tubi or Shout Factory at all? Nope. Not at okay. all. No. Cause those were official so, releases with, with actual, uh, the, the licenses from Toei. Okay. I'm just curious. I know this only affects like the the YouTubers that are going on and transcribing uh, these shows. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um. So at the moment, the to to legitimately and legally watch Common Rider, the only options you have are Tubi uh, and and uh, was it Amazon Prime or one of them that has a Gito. Uh, and... So there's Ku- the original one, Kuga and Agito are available. You got Tokushatsu as well. Yeah, but that Tokushatsu, that's that's all they have. Right. That's all they have is the original one, Kuga, and I actually Tokushatsu doesn't even have Agito, so it's just a it's just the original and Kuga, and then the the Toei official YouTube channel has been putting out some episodes, but they're they've only put out like the first two episodes of most of the series. They have not put out any, any other episodes of any of them. Now, I think I have a reason to why this is the way it is. And I'm not sure if you want to say that, or if you want Michael, or if you want to say something. No, no, go oh, ahead. No, no, go ahead, Elijah. Okay. So super Raya also did this back when mill Creek got the license. Uh, Subaraya in Mill Creek did flag episodes of Ultra, I think it was Ultra Q and Ultra 7, on YouTube and said you had to take it down. Um, this was on the M78, a guy from M78 YouTube channel, he had some of the Hawaiian dubs and the colorized Ultra Q on, on his YouTube channel, and he was requested to take them down. Now, nobody really complained, and it was because the... The guy behind the channel did say the reason for this is because they're coming to the United States. It makes mm-hmm. sense. So I think what Toei is doing here is Toei, unlike Subaraya, has a problem with how they distribute. Because mm-hmm. Subaraya goes through TV Tokyo, which has tons of children's programs, which means they're not going to take a hit using YouTube or Mill Creek, or, you know, Movie Spree Tokushatsu, they have plenty of ways to make money. Toei doesn't have that. They go through, like, Asuka TV in Japan, which mm-hmm. Sentai and Ryder are the only kids' shows on that channel. Mm-hmm. So if those are put on to streaming services, put on to physical releases, 
that's going to take a hit harder than Subaraya uh, has to worry about for their stuff. Right. So I think what Toei is doing is they're starting to strike this stuff down because they want to put stuff out. They want to bring it to the States. We already have confirmation because they've, they've announced Tokushatsu stuff. Uh, we've got English uh, logos. And so it makes sense that Toei is going to start cracking down on piracy to make way for their official stuff so people will buy that. Now, so, if, if, this, if this is the sign that they are moving towards more official releases, then absolutely I will cheer them on you know, to, for releasing these things officially. The problem I have with that is we haven't gotten any confirmation from Toei that that is what their plan is. Uh, and Toei has done this kind of stuff before mm-hmm. and they ha and they still haven't released, you know, official releases. They, they flagged, you know, people who were doing fan subs and stuff before, and they have not and puts and put out cease and desist letters and stuff like that. So it's not, this is th- given the track record, this is not out of the ordinary for Toei to do something like this and then turn around and not still not release official releases. Right. Toei's so not trust. Toei's not They will have to actually, I will have to see it to believe it when it comes. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's one of those ones that I just, I will have to see to believe yeah. I will have to, they will have to actually do for me to believe that that is the reason why they're doing this. Now, the, this is one of the issues that, a lot of fans brought up about this, and I don't want to. I, I mentioned before we recorded, there's a lot of controversy, and so I don't want to get into that. But one of the things that people do bring out is that while Toei does not provide, like, doesn't like license out a lot of these shows, they they have licensed their toys to Bandai, and Bandai is big on trying to push the toys and stuff into the American market. So it's like, okay, you're encouraging the American market to buy all these toys for a show that they can't watch legally. Mm-hmm. And that seems wrong. Now, on the, on, on, that's also because that's Bandai doing it, not Toei, but it's, you know, with a Toei license. So, right. you know, I, I mean, I kind of get, I like, it is, it is apples and oranges, but it is kind of annoying that it's like, well... You're pushing this stuff on us, all this merchandise, but yet we're not legally allowed to watch the movie or, or the or the shows. And you're not doing anything about it. You're not making taking steps to to make the fans want to watch this and, and give it to them in a way to where they can watch it and stuff. And so it's just it's very, very frustrating. Yeah. And I think I, I think this time around, because I know, I think it was 2019 that they sent out the other cease and desists, right? Yeah, they, I, I don't remember exactly when, but it was a couple of years ago. It's been, um, I think it was in 2018, Elijah. Oh, okay. Um, I think since then, we've seen a lot of changes in the tokusatsu market here in the States. Um, since then, Common Rider was number one on trending on Twitter uh, about a year ago. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we've got companies like uh Media Blasters who's working with Toei once more. Uh we've got Mill Creek doing their thing with Subaraya. We've got Tokushatsu and Shout Factory really trying to work with Toei. Um as the Sentai license becomes more and more in jeopardy 
because as we all, I think, did, has everybody here seen the uh, numbers for the Sentai toy sales? Uh, yeah. No, I have not. You sent them to me, so I, I have. Um, Michael, just to put it pretty blank, it's horrible. Sentai is the worst. Uh, they made like 4.8 million yen. That's really bad. Um, mm -hmm. So... Yeah, the, the Sentai merchandising side of things has been taking huge hits over the course of a few years and have been dipping further and further. So and and with these with these shows, the merchandise is where they get majority of their money. Right. That's where that's where they're expecting to get their money from. And the fact that the merchandising side for Super Sentai has been dropping steadily dropping in the united states or dropping over in japan internationally internationally, internationally. because the power rangers that's all hasbro that's not toei doesn't get a right. cent from that and from what i've been told toei is only making sentai for that license to power rangers and with the the um lingering threat that uh hasbro is cutting the license they're making power rangers its own thing not working with Sent uh, Toei and Sentai anymore. I think that's really scaring Sent uh, Toei because that is their biggest income of money when it comes to the shows, is that mm -hmm. licensing. And if that happens, they, they have to find another way or else they're never going to get uh, their stuff out here. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been... Uh, now, on the flip side, Common Rider, while... Taking a dip has not had such a bad run financially with the merchandising and everything. In fact, uh, I think Common Rider only dropped a small, small percentage over. Uh, so, so that's at least something that's showing that Common Rider is a more viable, when at least when it comes to merchandise, a more viable option for them. So, if Super Sentai starts to collapse in on them, they can start focusing more on Common uh, Common Rider. I just, I. It's one of those things that, again, they they want the merchandise numbers to increase, but yet they're making it more and more difficult to watch the shows that is supposed to basically advertise the merchandise. And it's just that it does not make sense. It does not. I like I get what people have said that Toei has kind of had this very protective uh been very protective of their licensing because uh power rangers made them so much money and that's their biggest thing and so they want everything to be power rangers and so they're holding on to the the license but it's still just like it does not make sense for a company to be so stingy with their product when there is a market for it and there's obviously a market for it because the, the merchandising shows there's a market for it. The fact that there are these these many people who are dedicating time and energy and effort into translating stuff so that people can watch it and have it available means there is a market for it. And the fact that they are ignoring that market is just more seems more deliberate than anything. And it just does not make sense. Right, and even the people who have worked on this stuff have been like, I'm excited to, you know, uh, I think it was the lead actor for Saber, Kamen Rider Saber, 
was like, mm-hmm. I'm excited for Western audiences to see me as common writer. Mm-hmm. You know, the people working on the shows wanted to go to the States. Mm-hmm. It's the executives who are being the stingy people. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it, I don't, I don't understand when you've got, especially when you've got two economies that are free market economies, because Japan is a free market economy and so is, so is the United States. It's, you know, like I would understand this being this stingy coming from China, like why China doesn't release a lot of their stuff overseas and, and, you know, in wider markets. Well, China's a communist country. They're going, their, their governments, there has tight control over it. There is no reason why it should be like this between Japan and America. Mm Mm-hmm. Not when there are other companies that have proven that they can send it to an American audience and it makes huge, you know, it, it does really, really well, like yeah. with Subaraya and stuff. So I don't know. This is this is something that frustrates me, and I don't usually get this frustrated with news items, but just because it is something that I have been a fan of Common Rider for a long time, and mm. while I'm not, you know, I'm all for, please give it to me in physical media or not physical media, but I I don't care if it's physical or digital, but at least give it to me in a legitimate way. And I will, I will pay for it. I will take it in. But then to have stuff like this happen. And then, like I said, the frustrating part is also the fact that they keep pushing the merchandise and it's just like, yeah, that that's the frustrating part. It does. It does feel, and we probably need to move on from it, but it does feel a little bit deflating. Uh, when you see all, when you see what Subaraya and Mill Creek have been able to do with the Ultra series, and then Toei does this, and we talked about how poor of a track record they've had in the past, so, so it, mm-hmm. nothing, nothing is surprising at this point. But it's, it's just very deflating uh, yeah. as to why, why, as to why they won't just give the West common rider unless they're, and like, I think we've already, I think we've kicked the dead horse, but they're expecting everything to do as well as power Rangers. And that's not going to happen because right. power Rangers is a phenomenon outside of its own self. Now and, and power Rangers doesn't even do as well as it used to. No, it doesn't. So, no, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, the, I will say, and I may cut this part out of the podcast. I don't know, but I have been working behind the scenes on, trying to do a spinoff podcast uh and trying to do a podcast and, and a lot of it was going to be dedicated to uh henshin uh heroes so shows like common rider and super sentai and stuff like that and this stuff while i still there are still you know ones that are available to watch legitimately this has deflated me so much and has really just kind of made me so frustrated that i'm on i'm thinking of holding off and like not even starting that podcast because I'm like, I'm going to start the podcast, tell everybody and get everybody excited about common writer. And then, Oh, you can watch one show and then that's it because well, the, the toe is not, it's not solely going to be a common writer podcast. So it's about Henshin heroes. So you're going to have, yeah, I know, here. but it's still, it just, it's so deflating. Like you said, it's yeah. so deflating and it just really just has sucked the wind right out of the sails of me wanting to do that. Uh, and so I, who knows? I may, uh, I may pull the plug on it before it ever gets going. So no, don't do I, that because don't do that. Just do the best you can with it and with what you got. And then um, maybe by hook or by crook, something else, something gets worked out, but 
yeah, we probably yeah, need to move on. Because you do have still a few shows that you still got a few Sentai stuff you could always do. Oh, yeah. I, I Like I said, I know there's stuff we can do. I just, it, this has frustrated me to the point where I don't want to. <laughs> like that, you know, it's, just, it's just gotten to where I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Oh, um, but I got, yeah. I got one last thing on the Toei thing. Um, so one thing I have noticed is there's quite a few Toei productions or where mm-hmm. Toho partly or Toei partly created it, um, like Green Slime. Uh, the Revenge of Doctor X, Terror Beneath the Sea, Prince of Space, I believe, Invasion of the Neptune Men. I think all of those were partly made by Toei, uh-huh. and they don't make a single cent from that over here. Uh, another company owns it, and they can't make any money off of it. Um, the Magic Serpent, another one, public domain. They don't get any money from that. Um, and I, I think part of it could be Toei's just frustrated with stuff like that, where they're not making money off of all the stuff that and you know all of this all of this only applies to the live action stuff the tokusatsu stuff because toei animation releases all of their animes or not all of them but majority of their animes in ways that western markets can pick them up and 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 watch them and view them legitimately and have no issues with it so it's just the live action stuff it is just the tokusatsu stuff do you let me ask you a question. I think this, uh, I'll drop it here. Do you think it's because Toei's afraid it'll fail? I don't I mean, know. What I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, at this point I say, what do they got to lose? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's more of, uh, old fashioned people in charge who are not wanting to change things they're not one to go against the way they've always done things and it's just like yeah but that doesn't really work in the modern day i see that's that's my that's my what what i think is going on we don't really know what's going on behind the scenes and the decision making stuff but it is just frustrating but moving on to some good news now i wanted to get the frustrating news out of the way first and then get into we, the because we just spent like 40 it, it it all won't probably make it but we just spent 45 minutes just on the toy stuff <laughs> we did not we did not we did like not spend 35. that long. It, was yeah, it was like, like 30 minutes it was like 30 minutes okay so anyway um the next bit of news we have an announcement that new a new CG animated feature film following the iconic Japanese superhero Ultraman is in development at Netflix. Oh no. This is kind of interesting. So this is not, this is not uh Subaraya producing something and then giving it to Netflix like how they did with um the, the anime uh, series. This is them actually partnering with Netflix to develop this completely separate completely on its own mm-hmm. we have a synopsis that's officially from superaya's uh website and the synopsis is baseball star ken sato returns to his home country of japan to pick up the mantle of earth defending superhero ultraman but quickly finds more than he bargained for when he's forced to raise the offspring of his greatest foe a newborn kaiju struggling to balance the roles of teammate and new father ken must confront his own ego his estranged father and the conniving kaiju defense force to rise up and discover what it truly means to be ultraman what do you guys think about this this new movie 
All I have to ask is, where's season two of Ultraman? Yeah. That's a good question. Like, where's season two of... Okay, where's season two of Ultraman, the series? Now... This is like we said. This is a totally this is a totally new thing. This is to this is not Toei. Jeez, um, it's Subaraya. <laughs> we just spent yeah. Um, this is Subaraya partnering partnering with Netflix directly to create something brand new. So so in terms of that, this actually sounds really interesting. I. We don't know a whole lot about it. We've what do we have one promotional image and a synopsis mm -hmm. and that's it? Yeah, and some quotes from like the creators and the and people. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's it. That's that's all we've gotten so far. Yeah. So I mean uh, it sounds really it sounds really interesting. I'll probably I'll watch it. I mean, I'm not gonna I don't I don't know what else to say here. It just the whole concept the concept behind it seems unique like an an ultra uh, um a would-be ultraman raising a kaiju baby that's interesting mm -hmm. uh so that's a new that's a new plot twist on the franchise so yeah i mean we'll just have to wait and see but it sounds super fun yeah i i just looked up um the, uh yesterday the information on the ultraman season two on the, for the anime and all it says is it's coming soon well, it's been saying it's it's said that since January. Yeah, well, it's said that <laughs> since last year, I think. So, yeah, it's it's been like it's been like sixteen months of coming soon. Um, I think it's but, that's that's one of those that, that had uh, fallen to the wayside due to COVID. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so I'm still looking forward to that, even though I didn't enjoy the first season as much as some other people did. I'm still looking forward to second season for that. But this is very interesting. I, I, I think this is this is uh, really neat. The director of it, Shannon Tindall, Tindall, however you say her name, uh, said uh, that this was a dream come true for her because she loved the original show, the original Ultraman show. And she wrote this kind of, it's not fan fiction, but an original story that was kind of inspired by Ultraman because she loved it so much. And then that is what has been taken and turned into this film. Uh, so yeah, it's, it just seems like a really great opportunity for an Ultraman fan to actually create a new and original Ultraman. Mm -hmm. And I cannot wait for the internet to nickname this this Ultraman uh, Daddy Ultraman. Ultraman Daddy. Ultraman oh. Daddy. Ultra Daddy. Ultra, ultra Daddy. Daddy. There we go. Who's your Ultra Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> Who's your Ultra Daddy? <laughs> uh, Elijah. Oh, I heard an echo. <laughs> Elijah. Echo. Elijah, what do you think about this? Okay, so I don't think I'll ever be welcome back on this podcast because I think this sounds very questionable and I'm not excited. Why does it sound questionable? It's okay. So to go back on what you said, it's it's a story written by somebody who is inspired by Ultraman. It's a fan fiction with an original character that somebody picked up and was like, oh, this would be kind of neat. Let's slap Ultraman on it, and let's call it official. That's okay. how I read this. To be fair, every Ultraman series that Tsuburaya has put out in the last 50 years has been that same thing. Because 
it's fans who grew up watching the shows who are now creating the shows. So every Ultraman show right, is that. But, but those are made to be Ultraman. This wasn't made to be Ultraman. This yes, it's a, to... it just said it said an original. All it says is an original story inspired by my love for Ultraman. Doesn't say that it wasn't an Ultraman story. It was just an original story that she created w with Ultraman in mind. And it's just that it's exciting because now it's become an actual film. Uh, I... It, it didn't say it doesn't it didn't say that it was something some other superhero that they just happened to slap Ultraman on and they're going to pretend like it fits. No, this this is someone who wrote this as an Ultraman story and Subaraya has said, oh, we like this. We want you to make this. Yeah, because it has the blessing of Subaraya. Right. It has the blessing. But. I don't know if it'll feel like Ultraman. I, I don't know. It, I mean, we're me, still we're still probably months out from develop uh, true, full true. development at least. So you you know, there's time to have our minds changed. I I I felt similar to you when we first got rumors about Singular Point, and I've been able to watch a few episodes of Singular Point, and I really have enjoyed it. Right. Now, and, and well, I, I also think that's, I think you're, well, hold on, Elijah. I think you're also jumping the gun in saying these kinds of things because this is still, like we said, this is still early on in this. Like, how, how can we can't say that it's not going to feel like Ultraman or it's not going to, you know, be an Ultraman thing? It's not going to be Ultraman y enough when all we have is, <laughs> it doesn't sound. That's 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 what the nickname for this Ultraman is going to be because he's raising a baby, Ultramanny. <laughs> Ultramanny? Uh, no, Ultramanny. So, yeah, uh, Manny, Mister Mom. It's Ultra Mister Mom. Mister Ultra. Uh, <laughs> so no, I think that I think you're jumping the gun there with just saying that this isn't that 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 you that this might not be an Ultraman thing or whatever like we don't know well I'm, I'm saying it sounds like they slapped Ultraman on it, I could be wrong like like we've established all we have is a promotional image and a basic plot synopsis I could be wrong and okay. I will watch the movie nonetheless and I will also point out that that is essentially what the comic books are the Ultraman comic books that are coming out from Marvel are mm -hmm. and I've They're... heard mixed things about it to be fair and but I will also point out that is what the Ultraman shows that are coming out from Japan and from Subaraya are. They are shows that they developed and then slapped Ultraman on. I mean, like most of the time they start from the toys and work outward. And then they're like, how can we make this work in Ultraman? So it's not it, it's this is just part of the creative process. Like that's just a part of the creative process. The fact that it, that it's from a a woman who was a fan of Ultraman to begin with, and then was like, "Yay, uh, Subaraya liked my idea that I pitched to them, and so they're giving me the blessing to create this thing." And they're and she's not, and it's not like, "Oh, go off, make your thing, and then come back and 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 we'll put it out for you." No, that she's working with 
Subaraya because even in the in the quote that she has she says that thanks to the incredible trust of the team at Subaraya and the support of the folks at Netflix and then she says that they've also uh, uh, assembled an all-star team and can't wait to sh share our unique take on Ultraman with the rest of the world so it's like she's working with them she's not like going and creating her own thing and then they're just hoping it's going to be good enough I, I don't know it's just I have some yellow flags that I'm a little concerned about. I'm not going to say it sounds awful, because we don't have enough. I'm not going to say it sounds good. I'm just kind of in the middle right now. I, I, think, I, I, I think the red flags that are going up for you, Elijah, is the fact that it's somebody who's not actually on the payroll of Subaraya who's doing it. Not necessarily, because Ano Anno isn't on the payroll of Subaraya necessarily. Yeah, and they're... And, and they're and I'm a little concerned about uh, uh, Shin Ultraman as well. I, I'm a little concerned that I won't care for it like I didn't care for Shin Godzilla. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to feel about Shin. I, I'm excited to see it just to see how it turns out, but I, I may not like it. I don't know. I, I, don't I know. view Shin Ultraman just as I view this anime. It sounds interesting. I've got some yellow flags. If if somebody complains about the animation, I will defend it. I will say it's probably lower budget. I, I'll defend it. I'll reserve my overall thoughts when I see a trailer. That'll kind of be where I judge. And then I'll see the film, and I'll watch it probably a few times, and then I'll see what I think. Right now, I'm kind of like, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm like at a 4.5, 5. So uh, Michael, have you heard when they announced this news what um studio, what what um animation studio? I it was. Oh, have you? Uh, okay. No, I haven't. I know I haven't actually heard. No, Elijah, who is actually doing the animation for this? So, if I remember correctly, it's Subaraya and ILM. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean that should make you feel that should make you feel somewhat better, Elijah. I I do feel I think the animation will be good. I uh, as much as I don't like animation, I think it'll be good because I do respect and like ILM. Mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, I well I was just I was wondering if it was going to be um, Polygon uh, who did the you know Godzilla anime and also did. Um, the pacific rim the black uh because they actually they did really good on pacific rim but i didn't really care for the animation on the on yeah the... they improved a, like pacific rim was a huge improvement over the anime trilogy yeah um we have one last bit of news that we i want to cover real quick before we move on to our main topic and that is that we have new bandai movie monster series godzilla the ride large monster summit battle uh, Godzilla and King Ghidorah figures uh, have been revealed and will soon be available from the Godzilla store and other retailers. The big news with this, so these are so these are Bandai action figures that are based on the designs for Godzilla and King Ghidorah from that new ride that's being built over in Japan. Um, and the big news that kind of caused a, a a a stir a stir among the fans this week was Ghidorah has fingers oh god I hate that <laughs> Ghidorah oh. has hands 
Ghidorah, hashtag Ghidorah's tiny hands. He's oh, got God. he's got he's got Trump hands. Um, he, he, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what do we think of these? Of these? Oh, <laughs> I okay. So, I actually really like the Godzilla design. I think the Godzilla design is looks really really great, and I hope that this is what I hope this is what. Um, Toho has in store for us for whatever live action movie comes next. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm all for this uh, because it's a good mix of legendary and Heisei design uh, styles. Um, so I'm I'm all for that. Um, Ghidorah, on the other hand, can we say that it kind of looks like Cretaceous Ghidorah from is it Return of Mothra two or Return of Mothra three? Uh, rebirth of Mothra. Rebirth, yeah, re- rebirth of Mothra. Is it two or three that Cretaceous Ghidorah shows up? Three, I think. Three, I okay. Yeah, they're taking some big. De- I feel like they're taking some big design cues from from that, as well as Legendary's Ghidorah. the The most glaringly obvious change is the three fingers on Ghidorah's wings, basically giving him hands, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, it. It shouldn't be a big deal, but given the fact that this character has never had fingers, um, it's kind of a big deal because it is a char- it is a change from what we've known of Ghidorah or Ghidorah throughout the decade. So, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I'm going to have to see it in action to appreciate it. It just looks like a three-headed dragon. Just like, that's you know, it looks like Ghidorah to me. Yeah, it looks like a yellow three-headed dragon. And mm-hmm. yeah, it does have fingers. Uh I don't really care. Like, who cares? I, I who cares that Ghidorah I has? I oh God! I of do. course, I do. Of listen, course. listen. Godzilla <laughs> looks okay. Ghidorah is is ugly and okay. awful. Listen, For some, you you Elijah. Okay, so Godzilla looks okay. Yeah. For someone I, who has who has complained and complained and complained about legendary Ghidorah or legendary Godzilla's design, and we and Toho finally gives us something that matches what we what we know of Godzilla at least from the Heisei era, and you and he's okay. I I think the arms could be fixed. I think the spines could be fixed. I I don't hate the design. It's it's just it's on the same level as legendary. It's okay. It looks okay. I'd also like to point out these are toys, and they're the Bandai kind of like cheaper in toys too. So yeah, yeah, movie monster series. They're good. They're not like high end, like fully screen accurate toys. They they don't even sell them in boxes. Like in in the in the stores, they're just hanging on pegs. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like you know we have seen the design in motion. To be fair, we we have have seen it in motion. We have and I and that's yeah. Uh, there is there's a little trailer um, in HD that shows us the designs, mm-hmm. and I've looked at them uh, frame mm-hmm. by frame, mm-hmm. and I I don't care for the spines. I think they're a little off balance, and I think the uh, arms. Could well, be they good. they look off balance because they resemble um, uh, they resemble Desugoji because they swapped out. They they swapped out the the largest spine and put it first. Uh, I hope that makes sense because in in Desugoji. Oh yeah 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 I, I get what you mean. Yeah, and on the Desugoji design, like the largest spine is the first one that you see. 
on his back. And what is the Sugoji? Uh, Destroya. Okay. Uh, God, uh, burning Godzilla. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. So, so they for, did... for people who aren't seeing the picture, I just want to kind of uh, describe what Michael's talking about. So, so uh, typically the spines on the back of Godzilla do kind of like a bell curve. They go up. And, and so they start small, go up. The center one is the biggest, and then they go back down to smaller. And this one, it's not that because the biggest one's actually forward. So it's like a, it's more like a roller coaster kind of up yeah. and down. Yeah, but I, I, I don't think the Godzilla looks bad by any means. I, I don't. Well, good. We're glad. Now, Ghidorah, on the other hand, Ghidorah... Ghidorah looks amazing. Ghidorah, Ghidorah looks on, ugly. on ugly. the other hand and the other hand and both hands. Ugly. <laughs> ugly. Okay, um, so my problem is not so much the hands as much as the biceps. Like, my goodness. I mean, Ghidorah's uh, Ghidorah, been working out. Yeah, he's got some curl. He's been doing some curls. He, he has. Like he's he's preparing for that rematch. He's just like, you know what? I'm gonna bust your beep this time, Godzilla. And I just want to point out that you guys have been on me saying that I just don't like American Godzilla stuff, and here I am critiquing and criticizing Japanese Godzilla stuff. At least you're consistent. I am consistent. I don't like Shin Godzilla either. I Michael. I think his tail's too long, and I think he looks ugly. Mm, I mean, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not the biggest fan of Shin either. I, Shin is not something that I would want Toho to. I'm Shin is not something I would want Toho to continue with. Absolutely. But it, right. but it was something. It was a. It was a nice experiment. Yeah, it was an interesting Absolutely. idea. Yeah. I don't. It didn't resonate with me, but it definitely does feel very Ano uh inspired uh kind of like you know grotesque yeah very grotesque and so i think uh unless they're going to have ano just do more godzilla there shouldn't be any more shin uh like they shouldn't bring him back for any more movies but uh no yeah i just i this is again these are toys and, and ultimately it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like it's, it really doesn't matter. It's a step Ghidorah, in the right direction. Ghidorah is a big right yellow direction. dragon with three heads. That's all that matters. The fact that he has fingers, the fact that his wings are a little too small, whatever. Who cares? I He's a big disagree. yellow dragon. He's a big and yellow dragon. And there is there is precedent for dragons to have fingers. Let's just say that. There is but precedent. Not Ghidorah. For it. Ghidorah doesn't have fingers. Yeah, but um, but I mean fine. the yeah this is this is leaning more into the the legendary version of Ghidorah because in le the legendary right. uh, in King of the Monsters, Ghidorah's wings behaved more like bat wings where they're built like actual hands. If you ever see an X-ray of a bat's wings, it it is basically they are just hands with fingers that just have mm -hmm. webbing in between them, and that's what their yes. wings are. And so this kind of feels like it's just an an evolution of that, where it's like now instead of the wings themselves being the fingers, it has fingers and just has wings growing off of the hands. It's a very wet. It's a very Western dragon design. I yeah. 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 And I is. don't like that. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's it for the news. We can move on to the main topic for this week. One and hour in. Let's go. 
we, we spent we spent like 30 minutes at the beginning talking <laughs> once before. all the once all the nonsense about pussy soup gets cut out it'll be like 30 minutes yeah yeah um but uh no uh so we like to ask trivia questions each week to hint to what our topics are uh what our movies that we're going to be covering is and the question that michael asked last week because i wasn't here was what movie gave orson wells and scatman crothers their final film roles before they died and we have a lot of answers so damon noise uh, said, now you see them, the saga of Optometrist Prime. And that was a, that, uh, it's just, he, he was like, he messaged us earlier in the week and was like, when are you going to post the trivia question onto, the, onto Twitter? And I'm mm -hmm. like, we always do it on Thursday. It's every Thursday is when we post it. He's like, okay, I'll wait. And I'm like, it was worth the wait. This was a good one. <laughs> good it job, Damon. It was a good one. Thank you, Damon. Uh, Kaiju Kim sent us a Godzilla versus Optimus Prime. Yep, Godzilla wins that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, as much as I love Optimus, Optimus is like the size of 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 what a two story house, and Godzilla is way bigger. So mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, Raymond Martin sent us Unicrombie and Fitch, Uptown <laughs> Outerwear, <laughs> featuring Jazz. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, Unicrombie and Fitch is <laughs> such a good that's such a good pun. That I is, love that. that is. I like it. Jimmy from Nassau uh Nasada. sent us sent us Hong Kong Fooey in Blue Like Jazz. And that's because uh Scatman Crothers also did the voice of Hong Kong Fooey. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of jazz references and I appreciate that. Yeah. I love jazz music. I do too. Uh, Nathan from the Monster Island Film Vault sent us Citizen Prime because of Orson Welles. Right. Yeah, so that was a good one. And Chris Degel, uh, our friend from over in Germany, uh, sent us Citizen Unicron. So great minds think alike. Cool. One great Nathan. mind in the, and, and then Nathan think alike. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> AV artwork sent us Transformers the movie, which was the correct answer. Thank you, uh, AV artwork. And uh, they share some really great artwork on their Twitter. So if anybody wants to go follow them at AV artwork, uh, they do some really great work over there. So check them out. Uh, at Kumanga the Brave said Transformers. And then Ben Magnet a former guest said transformers and then he also shared a little anecdote about getting to go see uh the music played by stan bush uh live and from this movie and it's like that sounds epic it does sound epic i mean I will, this soundtrack does slap i have to agree yes yeah we'll get into that uh jr from the drift space podcast said transformers uh jr you guys over at drift space uh, I, you, you, you should not even be involved in this after you guys ripped this movie apart. <laughs> it's true. It's true. They, they really ripped this movie apart. They did. They did. It, it made me cry. They're wrong for it. They're it wrong hurt. for it. It hurt my soul. Uh, no, but we love the Drift Space podcast and we love JR. So you guys are good. But but yeah, no, you guys, you guys need to rethink your opinions on Transformers. <laughs> 
uh, Crystal Lady Jessica said the only good movie in the franchise. That's 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 debatable. I mean, uh, Age of Extinction. Age of Extinction was pretty oh, wrong. 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 You're wrong. You're wrong. Absolutely wrong. You're wrong. Get out. Wrong. Age wrong. of Ex- I enjoyed yeah. Age wrong. of Extinction. No. Nope. Wrong. 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 <laughs> What about Dark Side of the Moon? Do I at least get that one? Dark Side of the Moon? Uh, You mean Dark of the Moon? Dark of the Moon, whatever. Wrong. I actually didn't mind Dark of the Moon. I actually did not mind that. Both of you are wrong. Both of you are wrong. But I will say this, that this, would we agree that this movie is the best of the franchise? Maybe not the only good one, but the best of the franchise. Uh, I mean, it's, it's Mm. it's the most faithful. Because Bumble Bumblebee is pretty good too, though. Bumblebee was pretty good. So but I don't this know. Is better. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, we can get into that when we talk about the actual uh, movie. Uh, Nick Blackler uh, sent us. He said because he always sends us funny answers. So I always look forward to seeing the funny answers that Nick sends. But he sent us. I was trying to think of a joke this week, but this movie quite simply means too much to me. So I just ended up watching the movie instead. <laughs> good call nick good call so uh the main topic that we're talking about which surprisingly no one actually got correct because it's not transformers it's not transformers the movie it is the, the transformers, transformers the movie the movie i was hoping <laughs> you were gonna be accurate there thank you travis thank you so much from 1986, the cast and crew is a huge list of people, so I'm just going to name a couple. Uh, Peter Cullen, Judd Nelson, Susan Blue, Frank Welker, uh, Scatman Crothers we mentioned, Corey Burton, uh, Leonard Nimoy, Don Messick, Orson Welles, and many, many, many more. Uh, the plot is after a Decepticon assault devastates Autobot City, Optimus Prime wins a deadly one-on-one duel with Megatron, but ultimately sustains fatal injuries in the encounter. The Autobots are hunted across the galaxy by Unicron, a planet-sized Transformer intending to consume Cybertron, and who transforms Megatron into the enslaved Galvatron. So, gentlemen, opening thoughts on The Transformers, the movie. Uh, starting with the light. Well, uh, I say starting with Elijah. Don't jump the gun, Michael. I'm sorry. Sorry. When when you said the uh, um, plot synopsis, I got goosebumps. That's all. That's my opening thoughts. Okay. All right, Michael. Now you may go. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um. So believe it or not, I have never seen this movie up until three days ago. What? Uh, what? Yes. What? I have, what I have I have watched I have watched the Transformers television show, but I have never watched the movie that preceded it. What is wrong with you? Do I just need to see my way out? Yes. Okay. <laughs> right. by, by by audio listener, I'm leaving. I'm just in shock. <laughs> I know, and this this movie came out on on, on the year of my birth, nineteen eighty six. There you go. If you can do math, you know how old I am. Um, but as an adult, I can't do math. as an adult, going back and watching this, I really enjoyed it. From the plot, uh, from the suspenseful plot to the music, which is very very eighties and slaps so hard. Um, 
I enjoyed um I enjoyed pretty much every second of it. There are some wonky parts in the middle that I'm sure we'll go over uh, that are just a little bit goofy. Um, and some of some of the some of the writing probably could have been tightened up a little bit. Uh, but other than that, I had a good time. Um, yeah, my opening thoughts. Um, well, well, really, Michael, the, the only thing I have to say to this to to in response is you got the touch. You got the power! Oh goodness! I'm, so I'm I'm not joining in. <laughs> this movie. Well, gotta is... be stupid. Gotta be stupid. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> what did I say? Gotta be stupid. Yeah. Oh, uh, this movie is so much fun. It was a huge nostalgia trip for me because I did watch this when I was younger and I was a huge Transformers fan growing up. Watched I have watched every version of Transformers that has ever been produced except for the new Netflix trilogy that is out right now. I have not gotten to that yet, but that's just because I've been really busy and haven't had a chance to sit down and watch it. But every other other version of Transformers really that has Every other version I have watched, I love Transformers, and uh, yeah, this was just a huge nostalgia trip for me to watch this. Um, it is so eighties, like, and, and not just in the in the animation, or not not just in the soundtrack, but the animation is very eighties. It has that very um, kind of almost like a, a heavy metal uh, feel to its its animation style. Uh, it's very kind of like it has a griminess to it that you don't get. It's not very mm -hmm. sleek and and pristine like you get in modern animated stuff. It's very grimy and kind of dirty looking. And I I just like I said, it feels like heavy metal uh, and stuff. It, it's it's such a fun '80s movie. Uh, and that's all. I that's I, that's my opening thoughts. So let's get into our likes and our dislikes. Uh, who wants to start? With some oh. to start us off on our positivity sandwich of likes, then some dislikes, then finish on some positives. Since Elijah is our guest and the youngest of our of our trio here, I'm gonna let him go first. Yeah. Uh, well, so before Elijah, before you go, I, I do want to hear your side of like your exposure to this movie and stuff because you weren't alive in the 80s when this when this movie came out uh you weren't even alive in the 90s when i watched this movie so you have watched this movie i thought you were the one who watched it the most recent but then uh, michael threw that bombshell out there and i was like okay but uh i would really like to hear about your experience with this movie so you know it's kind of funny because I've now been on two of the episodes I've been on on this lovely podcast are actually two of the movies that have kind of drove me to insanity. Um, so I love the Transformers. Um, I grew up on it. That was my jam. Uh, G1, of course. Uh, my parents uh, had recorded them on VHS for me. And I would watch them all the time, 24-7, 365. Um, I loved it. It was great. Absolutely adored them. And they also recorded this movie. I think I wore out that VHS tape 
Uh, I remember watching it uh, weekly, very weekly. Uh, I loved it. Uh, Grimlock is my favorite Transformer, as I've said uh, prior on the Terror of Mechagodzilla episode. I love Grimlock. I loved Grimlock. I loved the, the TV show. I love the movie. Uh, the colors, the soundtrack, everything about it is my... It's what I grew up on. Uh, I remember it when I was four years old. I remember when I was five. Or I, I, this movie has always been in my life. And uh, it is something that I will forever hold near and dear to my heart. As this is a huge nostalgia trip for me. Uh, I teared up twice while watching it last night. Because <laughs> of the nostalgia. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's my history. Is it is it safe to say that this movie, Elijah, um, gets gets the exception of your I hate and I yep. hate cartoons? One hundred percent. I think this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. OK, because I was going to bring it up that you go on these tangents, how you don't like animated movies, but you love this one. So, yep. just want to just I was just curious why I, I will forever say that this is the one exception that I will uh, I will hate anime and animation, but I will forever praise this movie. And I fully accept the hypocrisy in that. So so Elijah has shared his favorite Transformer. And we've kind of talked about it before, but Michael, refresh us on who your favorite Transformer is. Not just in this movie, but in, like, the series and everything. Well, I mean, Optimus is the usual answer, but I'm going to have to say Megatron. Yeah, yeah, you, you always go for the bad guy. We I do. About this. <laughs> I do. I do. I do. I love. I love a good bad guy. Now, I was a little bit disappointed that Megatron did not stick around as long as I was expecting in this. Uh, in this. In this movie, actually, he was. He's come off as pretty weak, except for the fact that he killed Optimus, of course. Uh, but I a really. Lot of them. Yeah, I really kind of enjoy. I really enjoyed the characters. Uh, 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 Gal, I really enjoyed his his next transformation in Galvatron. I thought that was a very serviceable bad guy. Um, my impressions of this, like my 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 likes of this movie, I'm kind of like I'm kind of with Elijah in the fact that I grew up with television shows and movies that shared a similar animation style. And the the one aside from G.I. Joe, of course, the one that this movie reminds me the most of. And I know I don't know if any of you two have, have watched it, but Dinosaucers. Does mm -hmm. anyone does anyone remember Dinosaucers? Um, yes. That's what the anime, at least the animation style. That's what this reminds me of. And um, it. I'm kind of have to. I'm gonna have to go with Elijah and say that it. It when I watched it, it was a nostalgia trip, but in a different way for me. It was a nostalgia trip because this movie reminded me of a lot of the movies that I grew up with, and I grew up watching Transformers on TV, um, and it was just really nice to see this movie. And really, my first, my one of my first impressions of the movie is this movie is pretty adult for a kids movie. Yes. 
Yes. I mean, it's it's a pretty mature movie for a kid's movie. And I, if I if I did a little bit of reading and I was talking with a friend of ours about this movie and apparently there was a lot of uproar over some things in the movie. Uh, yes. Because of how adult it was, not that there was nudity. There's no nudity, uh, but some of the some of the things that take place in the plot were very upsetting to kids and parents. Um, yeah, there's also one one cuss word in the in the movie. Yeah, the that, s that the s word gets yeah the s word gets dropped uh, by someone. I can't remember by who. I think it was it was uh, uh, Spike Spike Witwicky. Uh, yeah. Okay. I thought it was ultra. Um, I thought it was ultra Magnus, but I guess not. No, no, no. It was Spike. Um, so I want uh, just just to give a little backstory for anybody who may not be as familiar with this movie or or the Transformers uh, show. So we had two seasons of the TV show, and then this movie came out. Mm-hmm. Now the mandate from Hasbro was they wanted to sell a new line of toys and they wanted to get rid of the old toys that had already been coming out. So the way they, and since the show and everything was kind of like a big commercial for the toys, uh, they decided, Hey, we're going to just eliminate all of the old transformers and replace them with newer transformers. And so the way they did that in this movie was by killing off all these characters, not realizing that, kids had become very attached to these characters these individual characters and they basically new coked it <laughs> they new coked this 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 franchise by killing off all of these characters that kids loved and a lot of people have said this is the movie that traumatized them as kids because especially optimus because optimus for me you know and a lot of people it is the this is our favorite it is my favorite character and he dies in this movie very gruesomely i might add yeah uh, and 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 it's so funny because i'm such a fan of transformers that i know most of the transformers by name like i know all of their names and stuff just by looking at them and so as they're all dying i'm like oh there goes there goes that one oh there goes that one oh you know i was naming them as they were dying off like oh there goes ironhide oh there goes ratchet <laughs> it's just like like they just it's it's such a weird thing that they they didn't think that people would be attached to, to the, the characters and stuff. And so they did that. From what I remember about the history, about the history of it, they had this brand new line of toys and they basically told the directors, I think it was the directors and the writers of this movie. It's like, Hey, we have this line of toys that we're bringing out, find a way to get rid of all these characters so we can sell these toys. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this is what's interesting is to me is when I was looking up the information on the on this movie and the backstory for that. So the that was a that was, you know, from the higher ups, the people who were working on the movie itself, the director, the writers, the animators, all those, they cared about these characters and they didn't like the idea of killing off the characters, but they were told to do it. So they made it as impactful emotionally as they could Mm -hmm. which is where you get like oh this is not just like and and so i have this question this brings up a question would this movie be remembered as traumatizing for kids 
if they had if the people who wrote the movie and 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 put the effort into making this movie didn't make it such an emotional thing to have Optimus and all these characters die if they just kind of brushed them off to the side and replaced them with the shiny new stuff um, probably I would say probably not because they really drug out that op they really drug out the fact that Optimus was going to die first Optimus got speared with a piece of metal mm. um, or a tree or something and then uh, right as right as uh uh, you think he's getting ready to, he's getting ready to kill Megatron. Megatron, um, pulls the old, uh, pulls a rabbit out of his hat and shoots Optimus not once, but twice, uh, base essentially just putting him down. And you knew at that moment, Optimus was dead. And then you have the hospital scene where they just drug it out even more. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh my God, this is, this is, this is supposed to be a kid's movie. Like this is dealing with some serious stuff. And I think that that actually adds to the movie. I think that this movie could have been so easily just a a big commercial for the toys like the TV show was. And they could have just like brushed off all the deaths like it was nothing and then just replaced them with the new shiny ones. But the fact that they put so much emphasis and so much work into making especially the death of Optimus feel so devastating Mm-hmm. is why this movie is so memorable and why I think people, even though it didn't do well at the time, it has had this cult following for decades now of people mm-hmm. just loving this movie, even though it traumatized them. Oh, it's yeah. impossible. It's, it's, it's virtually impossible to find a physical copy of it on online now. Uh, Cause I went after watching it, I went looking mm-hmm. and discovered that, like you can, I think you can get a DVD for it, but it's not cheap. Yeah, it, it was a few years ago they put out a very special edition of it. Thirtieth, uh, thirtieth yeah, anniversary. Right. Yeah, uh, and they did the Blu-ray and everything for it, and it looked amazing. But yeah, since then they ha- you can't really find it uh, mm-hmm. unless you pay a huge amount of money. Um, let's talk about some more specifics. Now we talked about the 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 death scenes and how they resonated and how well they were done. I think they were treated with a lot of reverence. What, uh, what other positive things specifically do you want to talk about with this movie? Soundtrack. Oh, soundtrack. Yeah. We have to talk about the soundtrack. Okay. So here's my thing. When you think, when, when you name a song from the soundtrack for transformers, the song that automatically everyone goes to is the touch. touch. Yeah. Yeah. But Watching this movie and I started trying to really pay attention to the soundtrack. There's so many more good songs mm-hmm. in this movie besides the touch like dare, dare and all these ones. Oh man, they're so good. And it's they like oh, the touch is the one everybody names, but there's so many other ones in this movie. <laughs> now I, I will, I will say this, and this was something I was, I think I was telling our friend Nathan about like during this, during the fight scene between Megatron and, and Optimus, they play that song and it doesn't quite fit the moment. Um, yeah, it is kind of a weird, it is. It's a weird choice. Uh, but the song is so catchy that I'm willing to forgive it. Um, uh, Elijah. I, I, I remember this is, I, I think the music placement's great, but I'm also going to really, uh, hype this movie up. <laughs> um, 
But I remember, uh, I think it was seventh grade, eighth grade, one of the two. Uh, I found a soundtrack and I started listening to it daily. And I really, really liked uh, Hunger and Nothing's Gonna Stand in Our Way. Mm -hmm. uh, Nothing's Gonna Stand in Our Way is the one they play uh, whenever they're at the plant with the, or the planet with the sharkacons mm -hmm. and then hunger is the one that's played uh when they kill uh iron hide uh oh, what's their names ratchet. Ironhide, ratchet and uh is it sun no it's not sunstreak oh will <sighs> was it no i forget who the other one was now it was three. It was three of them. Yeah, it was three of them. But I, it might I really have been those two. It might have been. I think it was Wheeljack, actually. Now, um, one song... Now one song oh, no, it was Prowl. It was Prowl. That's who it was. Ah. One, it was so one song that stood out to me was Dare. I, I really like really Dare, too. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And then yeah, everybody really loves Dare to be Stupid. Yeah. Now, Weird Al. Of course. Weird Al. Everyone you forget loves. how long Weird Al has been doing his thing until yeah. then you go back and you're like, wow, you know, he's been going since the early 80s. And for, to have a, a, a career that's been spanning, what, nearly 40 years oh, of, yeah. uh, of just doing parody songs. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing Weird Al has had such a career. Uh, I just think that's neat. That's a little side note. <laughs> um, I like uh, Starscream's death scene. Uh, actually, that whole scene of him taking the crown and then just like, you know, I, I nominate myself to be leader. I nominate myself as king of the Decepticons. And then just... Megatron, or well, a Galvatron at this point shows up and just blasts him, and no one cares. Like, we have just spent the first 15 minutes of this movie crying our eyes out, character who died, but then Starscream just gets obliterated, and like, nope, no one cares. <laughs> uh, poor Starscream. He comes back, though. He comes back in, in, uh, in, uh, uh, Beast Wars. As a ghost. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's let's talk about some negatives. Now I know we we all three of us love this movie, obviously, but are there any negatives that you want to talk about? Uh, I mean, I have to think. I I really kind of have to think about it for a second because I really don't. I mean, I enjoyed this movie for what it was. Um, there wasn't anything glaring that stood out to me as a as a as a start as a start negative. Uh, There's some problems with the animation, but I think that adds to the charm. To be honest, I mean, yeah, I bet mean, there's that. But yeah. Other than okay, that, so I want to talk about the animation. Uh, so I do really like the animation style, uh, and this was Toei. Mm -hmm. That did that animated this. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that until I was watching it. Um, the, uh, except when it comes to the inconsistencies in the sizes, and that's something that carries over from the show that the 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 sizes are inconsistent. But you, 
Well, that happens with hand-drawn animation. Right, yeah. But I, I just, I can't, I can't get past some of that, that it's like, okay, there's a few moments where is a Unicron the size of a planet? Is he smaller? What is, what size is he? You know, the Transformers are supposed to be small enough to walk around inside him, but yet then they show them sometimes and they're like, uh, like one sixth of his size. And so it's like, what are you doing? You're too big. Uh, so the, the size inconsistencies did, did, stand out to me sometimes but overall mm -hmm. i still really like the animation it's just that the size cons inconsistencies which like i said is a thing that carries over from the show and it's just one of those things that yeah it just was a thing that was around at that time and and uh you just kind of have to live with it but it, it is a it is a negative it is a, it is a negative that i'm going to put on this movie yeah i mean it's a it's we're looking at it through we're looking at it through 2021 we're looking at a 1986 film through 2021 glasses so yeah you know you're gonna you're gonna see some of that stuff um i a few little nitpicks that i had um why is rc so slow you're a car why are you so slow <laughs> <laughs> uh, with a name like rc you would think that you would at least go really fast yeah um megatron you idiot why are you arguing with the thing the size of a planet because <laughs> he's megatron megatron doesn't care but he does megatron. it so much and it's it, at a certain point it does become annoying because it's like you've are, we've been through this already you've already kind of been through the the arguing with unicron and then unicron puts you in your place and then you argue with him and then he puts you in your place and then you argue it's like okay that's enough of it <laughs> stop doing it He's like an annoying kid. It's, it's, yeah, but it's just, it's so, it, they do it too many times, I think. I think that's what I didn't like. Um, well, I think you're wrong. I think they did it too many times. Uh, it just, it was once or <laughs> twice is fine, because yes, you expect Megatron to not submit so easily, but at the same time, it's like, okay, at a certain point, this is just getting annoying. Well, at, at some point, when after, after Unicron gives him his new form as Galvatron, you would think that he would be a little bit more submissive. Right. Yeah. And then, and then his conniving kind of backstabbing ways doesn't come out until the, you know, towards the end, but then, but, you know, and so that's what I expected. I expected like, okay, he's got transformed to Galvatron. So he submits to Unicron. And then, you know, at the end of it all is when he, you know, turns on Unicron and, and reveals that, yeah, he's actually kind of a backstabbing character and you can't trust him. But he does that. He doesn't. That's not the way it goes. He is constantly, you know, challenging Unicron and Unicron's constantly putting him in his place. And it's like, mm, you know, this is just getting annoying right now that's not good writing I, let me just put it it's, it's, i can yeah i can see that i can see that um uh is the junkyard planet just australia in space yes <laughs> <laughs> they're just space yes. australians yes but <laughs> the, the accents the accents and the landscape, all of it. It's uh, just it just it's it's just it's just space Australia, but with with men. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um anything else? Anything else that you guys want uh before we finish up on some a few more positives? 
Um, not really any negatives. We can go into positives, and I'll. I just wanted to talk about the Dinobots because, yes, yeah, I really like Gr- I really like Grimlock out of in this movie. I like I like Optimus. I like the I like the Transformer characters, but for some reason, none of them touched my heart more than Grimlock. The Dinobots really were the standout characters in this. I think they were. as much yes. as Rodimus Prime hot rod is supposed to be the main character in this it feels like mm-hmm. the the standout ones were the and i love that i i can't remember what the triceratops one is called slag see slag Slag. and yeah slag, slag swoop sludge is it sludge yeah. and then grimlock and there's there's yeah. another one because there's there's uh he wasn't in the movie but there was another one in the in the show that was um the a stegosaurus, stegosaurus. yeah i can't remember his name um but anyway yeah uh so so slag when they knock down the the door and it crushes the the robot the evil robot and he, they're walking what? over it he's like excuse me <laughs> it's so great yeah. such a great little moment of like just like what are you doing he's so polite excuse me <laughs> <laughs> Uh, me Grimlock, me love challenge. <laughs> me Grimlock, hey, Grimlock, me king, me not kissy. <laughs> <laughs> me no kissy, me king. <laughs> me Grimlock kick Decepticon butts. Oh, uh, they were so good. They were so good. Um, let me try to think what else. Uh, okay, go okay. ahead. Okay, I think it's only honorable that we talk about Orson Welles' Unicron. He did a really good job for someone who really was not interested in being in this movie. <laughs> yeah, oh, he did! A, I think he did a wonderful job. Yeah, and he did. I think he died. I think five days after he recorded his lines, if I read that correctly, something like that. Yeah, he died fairly quick afterwards. And and from what I heard, uh, they had to synthesize his voice because he was so weak he couldn't really speak yeah which i think adds to it i love the villains that are not like the big bombastic booming ones but are are more like just calm and talking really softly and and Mm -hmm. i think that adds to the kind of creepiness that unicorn does it's like it's like you have that 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 low kind of that low slow but like for like foreboding Mm -hmm. i guess that's the right word voice Mm -hmm. it's like I am Unicron. You know, that kind of stuff. So I like that too. Uh, and I really loved his delivery at the end there when he's like, uh, uh, you cannot defeat my destiny mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. he says. I, you, I, I, to me, I could really feel the voice acting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I loved that part. I absolutely adore that part. Um, mm-hmm. Let me ask you guys, since you guys are Transformers fans and and you've probably watched uh, a lot of the Transformers series and and uh, interpretations and stuff over the years, uh, has there been a better version of Unicron than this? No, no. no I, I think this is pr- out of the one out of yeah. I think out of the ones out of this out of ah, getting my tongues tied, getting my words tied up here. Out of the iterations of, Uni- of Unicron we have seen, I think this is the most effective. Mm-hmm. I, I think it comes down to the voice, because yeah. a lot of times Unicron has not been that 
foreboding, just kind of like soft spoken villain. He's been more, you know, big and bombastic. And I just, I love Orson Welles as Unicron. Mm -hmm. I thought he did a great job. The only one that comes close, I completely agree. There's, there's never been a, a better Unicron. Um, the one that comes close is John Noble in the Transformers Prime series. Uh, I'll see. I haven't made. See, I haven't made it there yet. Trans. I watched a little. I have. I've watched a little bit of Transformers Prime, but I quit watching Prime to watch uh, War for Cybertron. Prime is my favorite Transformers series. It is such a great, great series. Um, and they bring Unicron in. Now, I don't necessarily like what they did with Unicron uh, as far as like a concept, but the voice acting, uh, John Noble, John Noble's a very well-known actor, you know, has done a lot of things. Uh -huh. He was in Fringe. He was in Lord of the Rings. He was in, you know, he's just been in everything. Uh, and he's such a good voice for Unicron. Uh that's but that's the only thing that comes close to Orson Welles, you know, doing doing this. But but I think that everything in this movie for Unicron, the 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 threat, the animation, the voice, everything worked together to make this such a memorable character, such a memorable villain. And that's why they keep going back to Unicron. They keep bringing Unicron into all these different versions of Transformers, and it's just never as good. And another thing that's kind of interesting is they didn't make a toy for Unicron for like a decade mm -hmm. after the movie. Yeah, it was a long time before they did. I had a Unicron toy. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy. I wish I still had it. I do not still have it, but I wish I did. Wait, I got one complaint. Actually, I just thought of it. Uh, there was no Omega Supreme. That's my one complaint. No, but we did get Autobot City. That's true. true. Uh, and why Autobot City is good, but not Mecha, uh, Mechagodzilla City, I will never understand. But them's the brights. Unfriended. Unfriended. Ex Unfriended. Execution? Uh, yeah. I think it's expectations more than anything. It's it's because Autobot City actually does something and is cool, while Mechagodzilla can't do jack uh, anything. <laughs> <laughs> this is a family show, your um, Elijah. Yeah, I, I forget we're not talking privately. Yeah. Uh. So anyway, is there anything else that you guys want to talk about before we move on to our final thoughts and our Godzuki scores? Uh, nope. no, I think I think you know I'm 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 overly positive to this as someone who literally again just watched it three days ago for the first time ever. Um, and as a 34 year old man going back to rewatch this movie, I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Um, so talking about our final thoughts and then getting into our Godzuki scores, um, you know, for anybody who's new to the podcast, we like to rate movies out of five Godzukis, which was Godzilla's bumbling nephew from the Hanna-Barbera series of the 1970s, because we like to embrace the sillier side of giant monster and giant mech movies. Um, I want to, I want to finish everything, uh, all of my thoughts on this movie with this. Um, 
I I'm gonna be straight up honest with with my uh, living situation. I live with my family again because when COVID hit, uh, I couldn't afford to live on my own anymore, and so I had to move back in with my family. So I share a house now with uh, other members of my family, including my grandparents. And my mm -hmm. grandmother sat down and watched this movie with me. And oh, I was okay. very interested to hear her opinion on it because it is really hard for me to divorce, uh, to divorce myself uh, from the nostalgia that I feel for this movie. Uh, and so I wanted to get her who has never watched any Transformers stuff. And I wanted to get her opinion on it. And she said she thought it was well-made. You know, it's not her cup mm -hmm. of tea, but she thinks that it was good. The voice acting was good and and the and the action was good. It was a lot of fun if you are the per a type of person that likes this kind of stuff. So I was really excited to get her opinion on it because it's so hard to how do you know whether this movie is good or whether it's just the nostalgia talking? And that's what I kind of struggled with this week for my feelings on the movie. Um you you run into the same problem with this as I do with Power Rangers. Mm -hmm. It is very hard for me to criticize Power Rangers because it is it has been it was such a huge influence on my life and my childhood. Yes. So my my nostalgia for it sometimes overrides my good judgment. Yeah, and, and I think Transformers, I have more nostalgia for than even Power Rangers, even though I did grow up watching Power mm -hmm. Rangers too, because Makes we sense. went back and we watched Power Rangers and I, and the our first season, and I hadn't seen it in a, in a few years, and I'm like, uh, it doesn't really hold up as well as I remember it. Uh, but this, it's like, no, this feels like it holds up really well. Uh, it feels like there's a lot of care put into this, it wasn't just slapped together cheaply. It was, uh, there was a lot of care, a lot of attention. Like I said earlier, the, the death scenes, the reason why they resonate and why they're so memorable is because the people who were writing this movie cared enough about the characters that they knew that it was going to be a, an important thing for these characters to die uh, and that it was going to have an effect on kids. So they wrote it that way. And so I think that there right. was some thought put into this movie that you may not see in a lot of uh, 80s kids movies, uh, especially when they're built just to sell toys. Uh, this right. is absolutely an 80s movie. The one big downside I do want to point out, though, and I didn't mention in my in my negatives is if you are sensitive to strobing lights, uh, do oh, not yeah. watch this Definitely. because this is a this is an eighties movie through and through, and there is some strobing lights, there is some bright colors, there is yeah, it is an eighties eighties movie through and through in all the good and negative ways. Uh, so yeah, that's my final thoughts. My Godzuki score, my Godzuki score, uh, is a three point five. Out of five, I'm, I can't give it a perfect score. I can't give it too high because I do think there, you know, the, there is there is a level of nostalgia that goes into it. But at the same time, I think it's a very well-made movie. Yep. Elijah, do you want to go next with your Godzuki score? Sure. So, The Transformers, the movie, is, like I said at the beginning, one of the films that kind of 
started me down this path of uh, kaiju and uh, Japanese and foreign cinema. Um, it's a childhood favorite of mine. Uh, like I said, I do remember sitting in the living room uh, as a five-year-old using the biggest TV we had, mm -hmm. um, which is, uh, and watching it on VHS. Uh, while my parents would be in the other room because I'd be occupying it watching my Transformers movie. Mm -hmm. um, I love the colors. I think the colors are beautiful. Uh, the blues and reds uh, for my personal uh, uh, brand logo for my ET13 Productions, uh, it's it's heavily inspired by that aspect. Uh, I I don't know if it's that obvious, but I, I took direct inspiration from it when I created the color scheme because I, I love the color scheme of the movie. Mm -hmm. It it's bright, it's bombastic, it's beautiful. The animation, while yes, is flawed, I think is really good. I I love the gritty nature of it. I love the '80s look that it clearly has. The soundtrack absolutely rocks. The mm -hmm. touch, uh, dare, dare to be stupid, hunger, nothing's going to stand in my way. All of those songs are brilliant and staples of my 80s playlist. I adore them, and I just, I love that soundtrack. Um, even the Transformers theme by Lion is a great mm -hmm. re uh, rendition of the Transformers theme. It's loud, it rocks, it is what I would define as the definitive Transformers soundtrack. The voice acting is iconic. Uh, Judd Nelson as uh, Hot Rod, mm -hmm. hot off of Breakfast Club, you know, great, great job. Um, Leonard Nimoy as Galvatron's iconic. Orson Welles as Unicron, as I said, is easily one of the biggest highlights for me. Peter Weller... Uh, not Peter Weller, <laughs> Frank Welker, um, you know, they they all uh, they all did a great job. Casey Kasem is in it. Uh, such a great cast. I I love this film. Uh, it might be my nostalgia. I'm 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 not going to hold back the nostalgia. Uh, so what score would you give it? I what what did I give Terror of Mechagodzilla? Was that a five out of five? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't I, matter. I, what do you give this movie? I think this is also a five out of five. Okay. All right. Michael. I okay. I'm gonna make mine short and sweet. Again, I watched this movie for the first time. I love Transformers. I grew up with Transformers. Uh, I, I'm not as up on the Transformers lore as probably you two are because it's not a franchise that I was die hard about growing up, but I still appreciate it and I still remember watching it on television. I still love the movies. Even the Bayformers movies come at me. Uh, and watching this movie for the first time, like it was a nostalgia trip. It did remind me of... Uh, some it did remind me of of sitting on in front of the television on a on a Saturday and Sunday morning watching this on TV and 
yeah so for the and the story is good the characters the voice acting the animation all of it is really really great and uh heading into it, it for it being for it being a movie from 1986 surprisingly it holds up being it, it is a very 80s movie it is a very 80s cartoon movie but it holds up and i think the reason that it holds up is because it's a very it's very adult for what it wanted to be like it aged i feel like this movie aged very well uh the animation maybe not maybe not so much but the storytelling and the voice acting etc all have aged really well so for that reason i'm gonna go ahead and give it a four out of five godzookies because there are problems with it there are some nitpicks but they don't bother me nearly as much um as maybe some people so trans the transformers the movie gets a four out of five for me all right so yeah we definitely we are the we are the antithesis to the drift space podcast who uh when reviewing this movie felt like it did not hold up to what they remembered and then and but we come at it with like this movie reminds us of being kids and enjoying all this stuff and yeah <laughs> it's so great uh we still love the drift space but uh <laughs> we do we love, we do I, love i'm gonna rag on them mostly mostly about this movie because this like out of all their the stuff that they've reviewed this is the one that's like ooh, that really hurt <laughs> the rest of them it's like oh no you know it's whether i agree or not it's fine but this one was like oh that one hurts <laughs> uh you guys are great anyway uh yeah so that closes the book on the transformers the movie uh for now and uh the only thing we don't have a mailbag this week nobody has sent us any mail uh so if people want to hop on the interwebs and send us over some mail so we can read out on the podcast we would love to hear some feedback from you guys or answer your questions uh you can do that by sending it to us kaiju weekly at gmail.com or you can tweet us at kaiju weekly on twitter uh that is the best ways to get help to us and please do because our mailbag is empty and when it gets empty it gets really angry and you don't want to see our mailbag when it's angry uh, so, uh, to hint to what we're going to be covering next week on the podcast, we are asked the trivia question, decades before he directed Shin Godzilla, Hideaki Anno created what popular 1990s anime? And I specifically said created because he directed a lot, but he created a very, very popular 90s anime. And uh, that is what we're going to be talking about next week with our next special guest. This month has been the month of guests. It has been. It's been a lot of fun, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, and so real quick, I just want to share this uh, review that we got on iTunes. It is from Monster Mom 84. It's a five star review. She said they don't take themselves too seriously and I love it. This show is a lot of fun. I'm a mom of two and I've been a monster movie fan for as for as long as I can remember. It's nice that there are kaiju podcasts available that I don't have to worry about listening to while my kids are in the room. Both Michael and Travis do a great job at putting on an entertaining and informative show without sounding too pretentious or stuck up. 
well, I'm not pretentious or stuck up, but uh, <laughs> they're friendly back and forth, can get a little heated at times. Uh, I beg to differ. <clears throat> we were talking about dinosaurs. Uh, I have no idea what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's not like we went on a huge rant about dinosaurs in, in, in Jurassic Park uh, for a while. Um, but overall, <laughs> they both seem like they are having a lot of fun. I'd recommend anyone who is interested in the giant monster genre to give this show a listen ASAP. Keep up the great work, guys. Becca. Thank you, Becca. Uh, she also said, P.S. I do believe that a giant-sized, red-headed, magical canine is a kite you sorry michael don't hate me clifford is a kaiju <laughs> clifford is not a kaiju, uh, a kaiju. but thank you <sighs> Just, okay i'm gonna i'm gonna let it slide this week because uh monster mom was so kind to give us this glowing review so yes thank you very much uh we really we, we really 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 appreciate it and i don't know about y'all but I'm not the stuck up one here, at least in this. Well, I don't know. I mean, you're the one who's refusing to acknowledge a giant monster is a giant monster. Um, so I, <laughs> <laughs> I told you, I'm going to let, finish, I'm going to finish your thought. I'm going to finish slide. your thought. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going to let it slide this week. I'm going to let it slide because we got such a wonderful review from monster mom. I think Clifford's a kaiju. Yay! Elijah, you're always welcome. Get out, back. Elijah. <laughs> get out. Get hey, out. Get out. Hey, get out. Why don't why don't you figure out what a good Transformers movie is before you say the Bayformers? I've already I've already figured Ooh. out what a good Transformer movie is. It's Revenge of the Fallen. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, Elijah, you are always welcome to our podcast, even though uh, your opinions of things uh, are very, very snobby. <laughs> I, I feel attacked personally. <laughs> no, no, Elijah, we have enjoyed having you on this episode. And do you want to plug any plugs before we uh, finish out the episode? Except for hair plugs. Oh. Don't plug those. Well, I don't know. It is kind of thinning up on top for him, so maybe he should try. No, no. Oh, please, no, no, no. <laughs> I think he's. I think he's premature gray, from what I see too. I have no comment. So, Go ahead, Elijah. Hi, I'm back again after rambling. So, uh, you can find me on Twitter at k a i j u underscore c o n v e r s. That's kaiju underscore converse. Or at ET13 Productions, or at E Thomas1975. That's E as in elephant. I also have an Instagram, and uh, I have an Instagram at ET13 Productions, or at Kaiju Conversation. I also host and run a podcast called Kaiju Conversation and a Discord of the same name. I also write for a brilliant magazine by some very snobby people <laughs> called Kaiju Ramen Magazine. It's really cool. You can order uh, issues of the magazine at kaijuramenmagazine.com. I highly which, recommend it. Of which you ordered multiple, from what I understand. I did. You were I'm actually you were actually our very first customer when nope. pre he wasn't? Nope. There was someone who beat him. 
Wow. I thought he was our very, I told him he was our very first customer on that I know. Day. We oh. had this conversation <laughs> about you being wrong. Michael, Michael, you lied to me. You're a liar. And I will never, uh, never, ever, ever believe you ever again. He was order I'm seventy. Fallen. He was order seventy-seven, and we had an order seventy-six that happened right before him. It was like within a few minutes. <laughs> okay, Elijah, are you done with your plugs? <laughs> I'm done. Okay, I'm done plugging my hair. Okay, thank you to everyone for listening and sharing this podcast with your friends, and thank you, Elijah, for joining us. We always have fun with you. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Kaiju Weekly and at Kaiju Groupie Pod. That's me and Michael on Twitter. All the links to our social media, as well as for the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group, are listed in the description of this episode. You can send questions, comments, or answers to our trivia questions to our email, kaijuweekly at gmail.com. A big thank you to everyone who has supported Kaiju Ramen Magazine so far, uh, like Elijah. Uh, and if you want to find out more about it and maybe order some of our printed ones that we still have in stock, uh, check out the website kaijuramenmagazine.com. And if you want to help support this podcast uh, and get some nice bonus content, if you feel like you've had some kind of uh, some good vibes come from this podcast and you want to give something back, you can go check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash kaijuweeklypod. Any little bit helps us. Uh, I just upgraded my microphone equipment and a big reason for that is because of the support from uh listeners and in the more support we get, the more content we can create, including a bonus podcast called Godzilla versus the clickbait monster, which we still have to record a few extra episodes of. We do. Um, and again, thank you guys for all the support that you've given Kaiju ramen. And it's because of people like you, uh, that we can do what we do. Uh, but there is one more thing that you guys can do. If you cannot, if to support this show is head on over to Apple podcasts and leave us a five star review, just like monster mom 84 did. Uh, and if you leave us five stars and you actually write something in the description about the show, we will read it on a future episode. And what that's going to do is that's going to help put this show in front of other Kaiju tokusatsu and giant, robots slash transformers fans just like you yep and to close out this episode we're gonna say help control the transformer population have your shark tacons spayed or neutered well that just sounds painful transformers more than meets the eye transformers. i got the touch <laughs> i got the power <laughs> Dad, be stupid. What did I say? Dad, be stupid. <laughs> Bye, <Dad> everybody. Be <laughs> <laughs> me, Grimlock, me say goodbye. Goodbye.